too. Mrs. Dudley, the doctor said, putting down his fork, an admirable souffle. Mrs. Dudley turned to regard him briefly and went into the kitchen with an empty dish. The doctor sighed and moved his shoulders tiredly. After my vigil last night, I feel the need for a rest this afternoon. And you, he said to Eleanor, would do well to lie down for an hour. Perhaps a regular afternoon rest might be more comfortable for all of us. I see, said Theodora, amused. I must take an afternoon nap. It may look funny when I go home again, but I can always tell them that it was part of my schedule at Hill House. Perhaps we will have trouble sleeping at night, the doctor said, and a little chill went around the table, darkening the light of the silver and the bright colors of the china, a little cloud that drifted through the dining room and brought Mrs. Dudley after it. It's five minutes to two, Mrs. Dudley said. Three. Eleanor did not sleep during the afternoon, although she would have liked to. Instead, she lay on Theodore's bed in the green room and watched Theodora do her nails, chatting lazily, unwilling to let herself perceive that she had followed Theodora into the green room because she had not dared to be alone. "'I love decorating myself,' Theodora said, regarding her hand affectionately. "'I'd like to paint myself all over.' Eleanor moved comfortably. "'Gold paint?' she suggested, hardly thinking. With her eyes almost closed, she could see Theodora only as a mass of color sitting on the floor. "'Nail polish and perfume and bath salts,' Theodora said, as one telling the cities of the Nile. "'Mascara. You don't think half enough of such things, Eleanor.' Eleanor laughed and closed her eyes altogether. "'No time,' she said. "'Well,' Theodora said with determination, "'by the time I'm through with you, you will be a different person.' I dislike being with women of no color. She laughed to show that she was teasing and then went on. I think I will put red polish on your toes. Eleanor laughed too and held out her bare foot. After a minute, nearly asleep, she felt the odd, cold little touch of the brush on her toes and shivered. Surely a famous courtesan like yourself is accustomed to the ministrations of handmaidens, Theodora said. Your feet are dirty. Shocked, Eleanor sat up and looked. Her feet were dirty, and her nails were painted bright red. "'It's horrible,' she said to Theodora. "'It's wicked,' wanting to cry. Then, helplessly, she began to laugh at the look on Theodora's face. "'I'll go and wash my feet,' she said. "'Golly!' Theodora sat on the floor beside the bed, staring. "'Look,' she said. "'My feet are dirty, too, baby. Honest. Look.' Anyway, Eleanor said, I hate having things done to me. You're about as crazy as anyone I ever saw, Theodora said cheerfully. I don't like to feel helpless, Eleanor said. My mother, your mother, would have been delighted to see you with your toenails painted red, Theodora said. They look nice. Eleanor looked at her feet again. It's wicked, she said inadequately. I mean, on my feet. It makes me feel like I look like a fool. You've got foolishness and wickedness somehow mixed up. Theodora began to gather her equipment together. Anyway, I won't take it off, and we'll both watch to see whether Luke and the doctor look at your feet first. No matter what I try to say, you make it sound foolish, Eleanor said. Or wicked. Theodora looked up at her gravely. I have a hunch, she said, that you ought to go home, Eleanor. Is she... 
laughing at me? Eleanor wondered. Has she decided that I'm not fit to stay? I don't want to go, she said. And Theodora looked at her again quickly and then away and touched Eleanor's toes softly. The polish is dry, she said. I'm an idiot. Just something frightened me for a minute. She stood up and stretched. Let's go and look for the others, she said. 4. Luke leaned himself wearily against the wall of the upstairs hall, his head resting against the gold frame of an engraving of a ruin. I keep thinking of this house as my own future property, he said, more now than I did before. I keep telling myself that it will belong to me someday, and I keep asking myself why, he gestured at the length of the hall. If I had a passion for doors, he said, or gilded clocks or miniatures, if I wanted a Turkish corner of my own, I would very likely regard Hill House as a fairyland of beauty. It's a handsome house, the doctor said staunchly. It must have been thought of as elegant when it was built. He started off down the hall to the large room on the end which had once been the nursery. Now, he said, we shall see the tower from a window, and shivered as he passed through the door. Then he turned and looked back curiously. Could there be a draft across that doorway? A draft? In Hill House? Theodora laughed. Not unless you could manage to make one of those doors stay open. Come here, one at a time then, the doctor said, and Theodora moved forward, grimacing as she passed the doorway. Like the doorway of a tomb, she said. It's warm enough inside, though. Luke came, hesitated in the cold spot, and then moved quickly to get out of it, and Eleanor, following, felt with incredulity the piercing cold that struck her between one step and the next. It was like passing through a wall of ice, she thought, and asked the doctor, What is it? The doctor was patting his hands together with delight. You can keep your Turkish corners, my boy, he said. He reached out a hand and held it carefully over the location of the cold. They cannot explain this, he said, the very essence of the tomb, as Theodora points out. The cold spot in Borley Rectory only dropped eleven degrees, he went on complacently. This, I should think, is considerably colder. The heart of the house. Theodora and Eleanor had moved to stand closer together. Although the nursery was warm, it smelled musty and close, and the cold crossing the doorway was almost tangible, visible as a barrier which must be crossed in order to get out. Beyond the windows, the gray stone of the tower pressed close. Inside, the room was dark, and the line of nursery animals painted along the wall seemed somehow not at all jolly, but as though they were trapped or related to the dying deer and the sporting prints of the game room. The nursery, larger than the other bedrooms, had an indefinable air of neglect found nowhere else in Hill House, and it crossed Eleanor's mind that even Mrs. Dudley's diligent care might not bring her across that cold barrier any oftener than necessary. Luke had stepped back across the cold spot and was examining the hall carpet, then the walls, patting at the surface as though hoping to discover some cause for the odd cold. It couldn't be a draft, he said, looking up at the doctor, unless they've got a direct airline to the North Pole. Everything's solid, anyway. I wonder who slept in the nursery, the doctor said irrelevantly. Do you suppose they shut it up once the children were gone? Look, Luke said, pointing. In either corner of the hall, over the nursery doorway, two grinning heads were set, meant, apparently, as gay decorations for the nursery entrance. 
They were no more jolly or carefree than the animals inside. Their separate stares, captured forever in distorted laughter, met and locked at the point of the hall where the vicious cold centered. When you stand where they can look at you, Luke explained, they freeze you. Curiously, the doctor stepped down the hall to join him, looking up. Don't leave us alone in here, Theodora said and ran out of the nursery, pulling Eleanor through the cold, which was like a fast slap or a close cold breath. Fine place to chill our beer, she said, and put out her tongue at the grinning faces. I must make a full account of this, the doctor said happily. It doesn't seem like an impartial cold, Eleanor said, awkward because she was not quite sure what she meant. I felt it as deliberate, as though something wanted to give me an unpleasant shock. It's because of the faces, I suppose, the doctor said. He was on his hands and knees, feeling along the floor. Measuring tape and thermometer, he told himself. Chalk for an outline. Perhaps the cold intensifies at night. Everything is worse, he said, looking at Eleanor, if you think something is looking at you. Luke stepped through the cold with a shiver and closed the door to the nursery. He came back to the others in the hall with a kind of leap, as though he could escape the cold by not touching the floor. With the nursery door closed, they realized all at once how much darker it had become, and Theodora said restlessly, Let's get downstairs to our parlor. I can feel those hills pushing in. After five, Luke said, cocktail time. I suppose, he said to the doctor, you will trust me to mix you a cocktail again tonight? Too much vermouth, the doctor said, and followed them lingeringly, watching the nursery door over his shoulder.